When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. It's a road show Monday here at Rosie's downtown. 10th and P is where we're at. The doors are now open. Get yourself a cold drink. Find a cocktail that is favorable to you. Get the wings ordered. Get all the munchies you want. Settle in. It is an amazing night for sports. And the place to see it all here at Rosie's 10th and P downtown. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, Brett and Bora weighs in. We're number one, baby. And it's not the, uh, the the Philly fan number one that Jabba has told us about. This is volleyball rankings, Nebraska volleyball, as you would expect. Uh, it at number one in the, uh, the new rankings after slaying Wisconsin on Saturday night. Plenty of thoughts there. Plenty of thoughts on Nebraska as they are, well, in the medical tent, dear God, uh, the offensive line hammered Saturday against Northwestern with injury. We'll hear from Matt Rule in the Rule Rewind. But we're here at Rosie's, and we're hanging out here the next few Monday nights. Tonight and next Monday, uh, Vikings Niners tonight. Uh, they have uh, live music coming up October 27th with great team heroes, so keep that in mind. Here at Rosie's downtown 10th and P, if you like live music, the Raiders and Lions next Monday will be here, and then uh, we'll even make a road show for Broncos Bills in November and get you going for uh, Turkey Day with the Bears and Vikings. So get your holiday parties set up here at Rosie's downtown 10th and P. Elijah, it's... Uh, Great day for sports at LCS, ALCS, Monday Night Football, and, of course, uh, Husker healing on uh, many people's mind here with the news on the offensive line. But, hey, a win is a win for the Big Red. Now they turn their attention to Perdon't. Come on down here to Rosie's. Order yourself, even if your name isn't Seabass, get yourself a Boilermaker. And uh, get geared up for the uh, for the right week. 489-1240. 489-1240. Numbers to get in. 800-825-5865. Can email chris at hailvarsity.com. And uh, watch the show here on the StreamYard setup with Hail Varsity YouTube. Can comment that way. Brennan's chimed in. Moonbot7's already chimed in. Jeff is in. So... Uh, can get your comments felt that way. Elijah, uh, a lot of things to discuss with the win and more so the future with just how hobbled Nebraska is. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was hobbled quite a way to uh, to start a presser today from Matt Rule. We'll hear from him, him just a little bit, but I mean, time for the young guys to step up. Matt Rule's made a career of it at Temple and Baylor, getting those young guys ready to go in year one and building the future of that program early. Man, he's got his work cut out for him now with, with uh, some of the guys are going to have to be seeing the field with Justin Evans-Jenkins. Had a good game on Saturday. He needs to parlay it into to a couple more good games to, to close the year here. I mean, health has become paramount to this Husker offense now because you look at it, Turner Corcoran out for the year. Ethan Piper out for the year. Uh, Nuradine's going to be out for the next couple of weeks as well. And I mean, you look at it right now, if, if, if Ben Scott goes down or if Justin Evans-Jenkins goes down moving forward, you're looking at Sam Sledge, Gunnar Gatula, Tyler Kanak, Jacob Hood, guys that have never played football at this level, not even been on the field, looking to make their starts. And I guess Matt Rule, he's done that before. He's had success with that before. But, man, you don't like the, the, the way that that puts your offense behind the eight ball. If there's any positives to take away from today, the defense came away from that game on Saturday relatively unscathed, and we all know that the defense is the one winning football games for Nebraska right now. They have been fantastic. They continue to be fantastic on Saturday. I think uh, they, they give you reason for confidence moving forward, but the offense, it, it's going to be a struggle to get to, what, 17 points moving forward, you have to expect, because it's already been a struggle to get to 17 points, and now you have to do it without a couple of starters on your offensive line. It, it, it is, you know, and Jeff chimes in, you know, good win, clean it up, and, and that's a solid take. And can you clean it up on offense? And, and listen, you've seen Harburg kind of grow – and get better, but but against Northwestern, that that wasn't the case, and it wasn't all on him. But there were some simple execution things that really put Nebraska at a disadvantage early in that ball game with with just some simple throws that that he didn't make. Now my arm's garbage, and I don't have big hands, so uh, says the asthmatic here on the stage here at Rosie's throwing the football or or not being asked to throw the football. So uh, let's let's put it in context. But Nebraska's got to just be better. They they've not been that good, but they've at least had a toughness and an identity to be able to run the football. How much of of what they've ac- actually been okay at is in jeopardy, Elijah, with three fifths of a new offensive line. Now, Evans Jenkins came in for quite a bit of the ball game and did well. He's somebody that has flashed and and at least gotten a little bit of a a nod on the two deep at two different spots. We've been waiting on Teddy P, a guy who's taken so many arrows this year and in his career is Turner Corcoran. He is out foot injury. The guy gave every every ounce of his being to try and help Nebraska win. Now it's Teddy Teddy P's turn to come up and be that guy that we've seen very small glimpses of and he's been out due to injury. Henry Lutowski's come in and 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 earned some time uh, when when was that when he was asked to by by Riola. And he has been good firing off the ball and is a really solid run blocker at that right guard. So your your replacements here Saturday against Purdue are guys that people have been asking about all season long because You've not been overly dominant on the offensive line. You've been good enough with the run game, and you've been suspect 
when it comes to pass defense. Can these guys that people have been clamoring for come in and at least keep the peace on on offense with your 200 yards on the ground and provide as good or better pass protection for Harburg? And ultimately, can, can Harburg settle down, or is it time to go to the bullpen? Because we're gonna we're gonna find out, Schmidt. And one of the questions, and one of the things Matt Rule said in the presser today is is something he's been preaching all year long with that next man up mentality. How ready is the, are those guys that have been waiting in the wings on the offensive line? How much development have they been able to get done this year? Because we're talking eight weeks of practice now, plus fall camp. Some of these guys were here during spring. When you look at guys like Gunnar Gatula, I mean, Justin Evans Jenkins was here during spring. There's going to be guys that, that are going to have to fulfill that mantra to a T. And Justin Evans Jenkins did a great job of that on Saturday. I don't think he was Ethan Piper. I don't think you expect him to be Ethan Piper, but he did his job admirably, and he wasn't a negative on that offensive line from what I saw in the game on, on Saturday afternoon. Can other guys step into that and do the same? Latovsky's been fine in his uh, limited snaps this season. He, he's gotten on the field. He's done well. He's going to have to have uh, a lot more put on his plate over the next couple of weeks. You wonder whether or not when Nuradine comes back, is he going to get slid over to that left guard spot with Latovsky starting at right guard? What can Teddy Prohaska do? He hasn't been great in the snaps that we've seen from him so far this year with as much uh, eagerness as there is around him with his frame and what he showed early in his Husker career. He hasn't quite lived up to that this year. Can he step up and be ready to go? Is he a, a fully healthy, ready-to-go guy? I don't know. There's just a lot of questions with what the offense is going to be moving forward. And that's added to the fact there's been plenty of questions around that offense for about a month and a half now with what they're going to be this season. They do well running the football. I think a lot of that can, can be attributed to Heinrich Harburg. Can they continue to keep that standard moving forward despite the fact you're looking at nine guys that were starters on the first depth chart of the year before Minnesota now being on the bench? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tall task for that offense, but I think if there's any relief for the offense, it's the fact that 17 points a game should be enough to win you more games than it doesn't uh, in these final five games that you're not going up against many offensive juggernauts and you really trust your Husker defense, 17 points a game. That's probably going to be the task for the Husker offense moving forward. Can a, a group full of guys that began the year as backups go fulfill 17 points a game and can the defense help them out? It's about playing complimentary football from here on out. It's been about that for the past couple of weeks. It's going to be even more focused on that moving forward. Can your defense, can your special teams, can they set that Husker offense up well and make their job easy moving forward? Because if that offense has to drive long fields every single game, I don't like their chances uh, to go put up enough points to go win football games there's going to be added strain on the defense moving forward I think they're ready for that what can they do to set up that offense and make their lives easier well let's get to some comments here Moonbot says howdy boys uh second big win Broncos won props Elijah I actually didn't watch the uh, game it was the best performance of the year from the Broncos I decided you know what my roommate's a big Packers fan I didn't want him to be gloating so I went down to the Wynton Marsalis concert down at the Lead Center okay. which was phenomenal and I checked my phone and the Packers are driving down by to make the Broncos are winning this football game so I got to watch the end of the game but I had low expectations coming in and hey maybe that's uh, maybe that's the right way to be a, a football fan is have your expectations low so they only surprise you you know well, Moonbot passed his motorcycle safety course. Good work. Get the license. Be safe, Moonbot. Enjoy riding that hog. Good for you, man. Uh, I, 
wish I was talented enough to ride a motorcycle. I am not. Let's hear from Rule right now, part of the Rule Rewind. We're down here at Rosie's 10th and P. First of many Monday nights you can come spend with us. The Big Ten recap will get there. You be the judge. You make the call. Your judge, jury, executioner on the Iowa-Minnesota call heard around the world. There's a lot of tickets being purchased by one formal naval graduate uh, from the University of Michigan. We'll get you around the world in the Big Ten. And, of course, Monday night football and baseball playoff action tonight. But uh, guys stepping in, stepping up. Here's Rule uh, on some of those guys that have an opportunity to, to make a difference Saturday as Nebraska strives for a bowl game and, dare I say, a Big Ten West title. With that being said, I thought in the last game, I thought a lot of guys uh, stepped up when their number was called. I thought uh, Justin Evans-Jenkins came in both at guard and then at center. Uh, Henry Lutowski is a guy that's been a starter for us at guard. Teddy Prohaska is a guy that's been waiting his turn. So we have lots of guys who started games here on the offensive line. Jaden Doss and some of the other young, young receivers, they obviously stepped up. Tristan Alvano stepped up. Um, so I expect them to step up, and I expect our our um, – our veteran players to play their best football. And uh, that's what happened on Saturday. Um, I know Nash, Nash, Nash and people were talking, I, I, thought, uh, I thought when you watched the tape, Nash played great, and Ty Robinson was absolutely dominant. Um, and so uh, we'll need those guys to play well. We'll need the other guys to step up, and uh, there's a standard here, and everyone has to meet the standard. So I know you guys are all trying to tweet that news out, so I'll give you a second. <laughs> and then uh, wait and hear what you have to say. So here's my fear with what's left I know the theme is what's next but what's left is where I'm at mm. and the special teams was above average to the point of, of being a major difference in a great way Bushimi kicking into the wind in that third quarter he was great kicking the football Alvano Alvano's from 47 yards out into, into the, the wind, wind with to an, tie it up and that another 15 the, yards of carry on it if you wanted to it was it was awesome and and after that start you had to tie that game as soon as you could because it just it just lingered and then you had two two other plays one where uh, you, you had uh, Malcolm get beat but ran the guy down he didn't score on the 66-yard pass. They were forced to kick and get a field goal, right, uh, that made it, I think it was 10-6. to 6. Hold on a minute. Maybe 10-9. to 9. I think that, that sounds better, 10-9. to 9. And then Nebraska immediately comes back with a shot play to Malcolm Col- uh, uh, Malachi Coleman. It was 10-6. to 6. Yeah. And, and then you have the, uh, the, the screenplay that was snuffed out by Giff. I mean, those are four big-time winning plays. I don't worry about Nebraska continuing to make those uh, for big moments, but I just worry about Nebraska's starts. I worry about their start against Purdue. I worry about their start against Wisconsin at Michigan State on the road. Eventually, someone's going to be there to capitalize, and the defense won't be perfect. That's my fear if I'm a Nebraska fan. Just a quick dose of reality on a Monday because – uh, Northwestern was was limited. Not Nebraska's fault. Can Robinson and Nash and Giff and this incredible group of young pups keep kicking ass the rest of the season without any help? The offense, Elijah, has to at some point get better and and pull their weight. And it looks harder to do now 
because of what's going on on the offensive line. Well, Schmitty, Matt Rule said it at the beginning of the year. I think it was before the Minnesota game. He doesn't care about how a team starts. He cares about how you finish. And Nebraska started that game <laughs> I mean, about as bad as you could have. About as bad as you could have against Northwestern. But how do they go out and finish that game? They have a better half of football offensively in the second half than they do in the first half. Your defense steps up. They make plays. And I think that analogy can be used for the entire season. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. And despite the injuries, Nebraska, with the win next week, is likely going to be tied for first place in the Big Ten West with Wisconsin and Iowa. Because Iowa's at 3-2. and two. Wisconsin's at 3-1, and one, but they have Ohio State next week. You look at the opportunity ahead of you. If you can go 1-0 and beat Purdue on Saturday, you will be tied for first place in the Big Ten West. And I've said it for weeks. Nebraska controls their, their destiny in the Big Ten West. It's no different this week. What are they going to do with that control? Are they going to go out and capitalize? Are they going to go play for all four quarters? And are they not going to let injuries and bad luck on offense derail and determine the outcome of their season. What do they do with the opportunity? That's the question. Nebraska for years hasn't been able to take advantage. We'll see if Matt Rule's been able to, to make that switch in mentality so that these guys do control their own destiny and, and, and you, succeed. You got a team built to uh, to slug it out, can they? Come on down here to Rosie's 10th and P. Hale Varsity continues. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Roadshow Monday here. Rosie's downtown, 10th and P. Monday night football on the docket. You've got the Niners at Minnesota. You have the NLCS, ALCS uh, game seven, and the ALCS game six could be a clincher for Philly. The uh, Snakes want to extend it one more ball game. 489-1240 uh, can join us here. Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt was on hand. We'll get Charlie's take on things here in the 5 o'clock hour. Jay Moore of Big Red Wrap-Up. He'll be with us, get his thoughts on things. As Brian chimes in, punting is winning. There's a lot of Big Ten topics to hit on. The uh, employee for Michigan State who decided to put Hitler up on the Jumbotron has been suspended. Uh, You had uh, over 30 minutes of questions and answers by the NCAA as they were made available about Iowa and the punt return that was waved off. And then, yes, you have Michigan and, and spying that is very real with Mr. Stallion purchasing 30 seats uh, the last three years at 11 different spots. That includes buying seats for the 
Penn State Ohio State game that happened. How about that thing? That thing was twenty to twelve, and it wasn't that close, but it was a throwback far cry from a shootout a long time ago. Well, I said it uh, last had- week. I said it last week, Schmidt, on this show multiple times, and during the Friday forecast. Bet the under. These Too defenses. Many points. These defenses are being undervalued because of who these teams are in the history of uh, like Ohio State's defense over the past couple years. They are legit. I said it on Friday. If you listen to Elijah Herbal's advice, you made yourself some money. That's all I'll say about that <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> you were going to race on down to the old book and take Indiana and the points, too. I love it. <laughs> I love it. No, but back to, to Nebraska here. Listen, they, they are – they're missing what? They're missing – they're missing turnovers, turnover creation, okay, on defense, just from a perfect world view, viewpoint to set the offense up. I mean, think about, think about Northwestern. If Nebraska could get this to happen for them, where you start out at the 44, the 45, and the 13, those are free points. You got a, a deep in your own territory situation against Illinois and, and Harburg took it to the house, right? To make it 17, nothing. So Nebraska, I think can capitalize on, on being set up. The defense though has got so much, you know what though? They, they might just be built for it. They know it. They, they will embrace it. And can they be as good as they have to be? And, and I'm, you know, and, and Walter chimes in on cue. Nebraska's now minus eight in the turnover margin for the season. Hashtag putrid. It, it, it is. They need to be able to throw the football a little bit. Now, uh, a couple of quick thoughts. One, play calling. Elijah, where are you with this yin and yang of truly needing to be better at throwing the football? So to do that, you need to throw the football in the game. I, I agree with that from Matt Rule's standpoint. Do you agree a, a shot slash big play out of the gate? Nebraska threw it a lot early before they settled in and kind of went to the quarterback run. Clearly the passing game was off and not working. Uh, they need to find a way to get in rhythm uh, for Saturday for sure with Harburg throwing the ball. And then when, when Sparty, which is an 11 o'clock kick, by the way, they've got to be able to, to just be competent. And right now, can you call the offense competent? I think you can because of the rushing numbers, but it's going to be an absolute reset work in progress with some of these new faces having to have more of a role than a series or two. And my problem with the offensive play calling, which I laid out in our, our Real Red Reaction show on Saturday evening, is not the fact that they're throwing the football. Some people hopped on my Twitter. I had some tweets criticizing some of the play calling on Saturday. I stand by them. And people were saying, well, it's 2023. You have to throw the the ball. You can't just run three times in the line of scrimmage and expect results. My problem is is not the fact that they're throwing the ball. It's the way in which they're going about throwing the football. Like, first play of the game, first and ten, you're calling a straight drop back against the worst rushing defense in the Big Ten. I mean, look at how different Northwestern played it on first and 10 from their own 41-yard line on that shot play to Malachi Coleman that you score a touchdown whenever you give the threat of the run. Go back and watch the film on that and look how every single linebacker and two cornerbacks are stepping up into their run fits after essentially a fake handoff from Heinrich Harburg and no real threat aside from that 
on, on the rushing attack. It's because you've showed that option a couple different times, and Nebraska scored their touchdown. I believe it was two plays after you got a chunk play through that option play. So the defense sees that. They're going to come up and read and write because they know our rushing defense isn't the best in the Big Ten. We need to be able to account for this. And Malachi Coleman, wide open in the end zone. Heinrich Harburg makes a good throw. My problem is the fact that you're coming out in the first play of the game and you're not even showing the threat of the run, which is what's going to be much more threatening to Northwestern's defense based on what they've shown this year is if you show the threat of the run first. And I haven't gotten a chance to sit down and actually tabulate how many of Heinrich Harburg's throws on Saturday were from play action, but like first down, it needs to be most of them. Yeah. First down in 10 though, you're just going to roll a straight drop back on Heinrich Harburg. So the defense doesn't even have to worry about the threat of the run. That that's my problem with the play calling. Whenever you look at the the rushing attack or in the, the, in the passing attack, when you combine those two elements, it's the fact that it doesn't feel like a lot of the times Nebraska knows how they want to threaten the defense. It feels like, they want to set up the run with the pass as opposed to setting up the pass with the run. And there's a healthy balance to strike there. But whenever you're paying your offensive coordinator $1.2 million, you just feel like that should be more buttoned up. 1.4. 1.4. Yeah. 1.4, brother. But it's, it's a lot. Let's hear from Matt Rule when it comes to play calling with Heinrich Harburg. He was asked about that today. Cut eight. Matt Rule, rewind here. We're live at Rosie's 10th and P. The first play is a, either an explosive play or a touchdown, right? So I just think um, I think sometimes as you go through like the the uh, ascent of a young quarterback, you go out there early on and you just start to play. I mean, I was taught this by June Jones, so this isn't like Matt Rule's theory, okay? You just go out there, you just kind of play, and you play on instinct. Then you have some success, and so you start trying to be like, oh, okay. I, you start trying to be, oh, I'm going to do this versus this coverage, I'm going to do this, and you start seeing all these things, and you start to play slow. And then you get through that and you start to play fast again. Uh, like, that's, he was just too slow. I mean, that guy, Fedoni's open, but Borkatro on the corner and go is wide open down. It's, we're going to start the game off with a touchdown. But we rushed. We saw too much, you know. And so I think that showed up a lot during the game. I mean, we left a lot of things out there, way too much out there um, to, to win a Big Ten game. So um, I think as the game settled on, you know, we hit that one. I mean, again, Malachi's first progression, we just play the play and hit it. Um, but, but there were some plays that were there that I think we absolutely should hit, have to hit. And, um, you know, I think we're at the point for me as a coach where it's like, hey, we're going to, we're going to be more aggressive. We're going to um, have to push the ball down the field a little bit. Now, you know, obviously this week's a new week. You know, we have some guys down. We have to see who's healthy and who's ready to go. But that was the thought process last week. I just think Heinrich, you know, he can make those plays. You know, he just has to slow down. But that is what happens. They play off instinct. Then they start coming in and watching tape and starting to see the coverages. And whereas early on they were just going one, two, three. Now they're like, well, I see the mic. And they start trying to be more. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they finally hit a point where they relax and they just play. And so Heinrich, you know, it's a good week to try to do that. It's going to be big. Uh, and that, that really kind of sums up his four and one, right? I mean, you look at his last few starts, he, he looked better early and Michigan's Michigan. And then he looked gun shy at times, looked just off. Uh, out of the gate, and he'll need to settle down and, and be better, and he knows that. And they'll need to figure out a way to, to get him ready. Ready. Uh, let's hear more from Matt Rule. Cut 17 here. Game plan moving forward. I'm anxious to hear this because, you know, what what can you put together with three new offensive linemen that are going to be asked to play 40-plus snaps, assuming, you know, you're in one of those – Knockdown, drag out Big Ten ball games where you're not getting 
penalties all the time. I should say uh, possessions all the time. But here is Matt Rule on uh, the game plan on offense. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to uh, find the players we have and find what they do well and we'll put them out there. You know, um, you know, each week, you know, this is a, a man-to-man defense. This is a bear defense that's uh, highly active. Pressure's a lot different than Illinois. Same sort of structure, but different than Illinois. So, um, you know, it, it brings unique challenges. But um, to me, it's, uh, it's about, hey, who are the players that we have and what can they do? And um, I think that's on both sides of the ball and on special teams. We're always trying to highlight our players and at the same time understanding that uh, each defense brings – things that we have to be prepared for. And uh, they have a lot that we have to be prepared for. So getting into specifics of it, um, you know, I can't say right now it's Monday, no. But uh, as we get closer during the week, I think we'll have a good plan. They'll need to execute that plan, Elijah. That's always been a problem. Anonymous, 2,550 days since the last time Nebraska has had a winning streak longer than two. And there was a there was a that hurts. A, there was a false stat going around this week, and that had been fourteen hundred something days since Nebraska had a winning record. That's a little off. It was seven hundred and something days because you have to go back ah. to following the Buffalo ah. game. But it should be noted, it's been fourteen hundred plus days since Nebraska had a winning record during conference play. So I think maybe that's where the the uh, the error in that one went off. So many people were sharing that. It's only been seven hundred something days. Only seven hundred something days since Nebraska had a winning record overall. But this late in the season, it has been a while, and it, it does feel a little bit different this year with Nebraska, despite all the injuries. It does feel like Nebraska's just got a different mentality that they're, they're playing with right now, and we'll see what they can do without any of those guys essentially offensively that you started the year with. And according to Matt Rule, it's about finding what those guys do and figure out the best way to attack a defense with that, meaning I think the game plan, what Nebraska's going to do offensively, is going to change on a week-by-week basis, which means Marcus Satterfield's got to earn his keep. Yeah, he does, or at least go sit with Tom Osborne. <laughs> and which isn't a bad thing. You know what? Tom, hey, it's it's Coach Rule. Me and Sat are wondering if you'd like to go to lunch Monday through Thursday. How does that sound? We saw you at practice today. Thanks, by the way, for the belly option and then the belly option pass. Thank you for that suggestion. Uh, do you have any more suggestions, Coach? What do you think uh, the offense can do? I know you have probably scoured the Purdue film Sunday. Uh, the NFL weekend uh, games wasn't that great locally with TV. So what do you think? I'd absolutely lean into that. And I know that may not be uh, everyone's opinion, but I, I literally looked at Dolman in the press box on Saturday and said, why the hell are they throwing the football? I, 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 you know, and I said, okay, it was after the second interception. Why are they not trying to establish the run game? I know they're a far cry from the pipeline, but just figure it out. Absolutely figure it out. And then Malachi scored and all was right with the world. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you. We're here at Rosie's, downtown Rosie's, 10th and P. It's the Big Ten recap. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbalhale, Varsity Roadshow Monday. Monday night football going on. Niners, Vikings, Diamondbacks in front of them fighting Phils. Of course, the Rangers and Astros going at it. We'll dive into some Iowa thoughts here this segment. Uh, did they deserve to 
win that ball game? Do they deserve to lose the ball game? Do you feel a little smidgen of remorse for Iowa getting hosed? And I know the call was the call, but I think they absolutely, DeGene found a way to win that ball game for him where it's one on eight. And, and he made it happen. I don't think he was dirty with what he was doing. I think the refs screwed it up. More from It's Michigan. not about being dirty, though. We'll, we'll get into this, I guess. But, like, you got to think about the guys that are running full tilt downfield looking up at a returner. Could there be any confusion there with how he signaled that? That's kind of where I'm at. It's like, think about he's the saying, guys. Get, he, he's saying grenade, grenade, grenade. That's how I took it, okay? And... Even even so, Minnesota's going to have to down the ball, right, Elijah? You're going to have to down the football. You have to locate the ball and down it. Well, th- but think about the guys that are trying to run How, full they, speed downfield through a block. He broke eight tackles. He broke eight tackles. There was no Iowa guy in front of him until he cr- cut uh, across the field. I mean, it was one Hawkeye versus eight Gophers. There was eight guys around him, and he broke the initial wave. They They blew that tackle anyway yeah but whenever you think about it from a ref's point of view i think you have to look at the guys that are running full tilt down the field that you know what they have an iowa hawkeye in front of him trying to block him and you see a guy making a movement with his hands kind of looks like he's calling a fair catch and i don't think anyone actually did pull off which is what makes it really really tough and a really hard call for to iowa me, but I, a, un- I understand shoulder, shoulder level brother it was, shoulder and it was level. right at shoulder level where he's waving off like this and i think if you're running full There's tilt down the field and you're no mm-mm Mm-mm, it was not more hip. It was right at shoulder level. He, he was, he was, he was going. It was like he was doing an incomplete around. It, no, no, because no, he, he, he had one hand out pointing and one hand waving. And I can understand if you're a guy running full tilt downfield trying to shed a blocker, you can see that and go, "Oh, he's calling a fair catch here. Look how he's waving his hand." And and that's why I think the call gets made. The, the problem with it is you go back and watch replay. I don't think any Golden Gophers pulled off. I don't think any took no, it, they took didn't it think as he was such, making a fair catch. But it doesn't matter what the guys think. It's what the refs interpret it as. And if I'm a ref, I'm going to protect the Golden Gophers who, you never know, maybe they thought it was a fair catch. But they, because you're right in that gray area. And that's why it's, it's not called that he made a fair catch. It was called he made an invalid fair catch signal. They which stopped is because it of the confusion. W- within the rules of the fair catch, they went and looked to make sure he was in bounds. And then they pulled the, well, he uh, it was more of a disconcerting signal penalty here, right? Yeah. He, he was an invalid. You're not wrong with that at all. But they went and penalized him, and it was different from what they were originally searching out with replay. And that's where things get tough. Okay, yeah. He got popped for speeding, but they thought... Okay, um, what's this kilo in the back seat? (laughs) We're not going to worry about the speeding ticket. We are going to throw you in the can, though, for drug trafficking. (laughs) I mean, it went from bad to worse. Um, I like like how we said uh, we'll get to this in just a bit, but we had to to, to go for the top rope. And listen, my old boy, uh, Iowa Russ, saw him for drinks yesterday. He is furious about the offense. He's furious about what type of level of defense they've had, and and they've had no help on offense. Two phases have been great. He's like, I'm like, so what did you do? Did you lose your mind? He's like, nope, I just sadly went out back, and he has 4,000 trees in his backyard. It's the Iowa Rust Hidden Forest. And and he just started raking 
That's how he takes out his anger. <laughs> he goes and does yard work and just sighs. Um, so that was a tough one. Michigan, uh, you have the staffer that was brought in on as the analyst, Mr. Stallions, had tickets at 11 Big Ten schools. Connor Stallions suspended uh, more than 30 different games over the past three years at 11 different Big Ten schools. Uh, that, uh, according to 11 different league sources, talking to ESPN. Of course, you have the alleged sign-stealing operation that includes both video evidence of electronics prohibited by the NCAA. Matt Rule was asked about this by Eric Olson of the Associated Press when it comes to sign-stealing. Sign-stealing happens every game. Um, there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with teams over there looking over trying to steal our signs. There's nothing wrong with us trying to look at their signs. Um, um, it's, I mean, it's why you should have mics in the helmets, right? Like all these coaches that vote against it every year is because they don't want to teach their quarterback. You know, in the NFL, each quarterback goes out there with three play calls <laughs> because if I see if I see the free safety's foot like that, it might be one high. I'm going to check to this play. And if I, but you get to college and you're watching a game on a Tuesday night, and you know they, they got the signal and they're just calling a play. So uh, that's what makes college football to me. That's why they score a lot, maybe more points, but it's also why the kids are less prepared. So that's why they should there should be 100 should be we can get rid of. All the stupid signs on the sidelines and we could get pictures of you know rock stars and all that stuff and we could just play football the way it was meant to be you go to a high school game there's technology on the sideline you go to an nfl game there's technology on the sideline you go to the college there's nothing like if you don't think you know i mean so that it should be that um but that's sign stealing that's not I'm not, don't, don't, I would not carry that over to going and filming someone else's practices or something like that or filming someone else's games. That's completely something different. And I'm not saying that that happened, but I think what's wrong part, partly in our society right now sometimes is we say someone, someone does something against the rules, and sports need rules, right? Sports need rules to keep competitive balance, and when someone does something against the rules, we say, well, should that really even be a rule? And it is the rule. That's, that's the rule, right? Like, I didn't get to play with – we don't get five downs. So, um, but in-game, stealing of signs. When I play against somebody and I know that person has friends on the next staff, I know if they have our signs, they're having it the next week. Um, that's all part of the game, and you have to do what you do. We should absolutely have technology. But if there's a rule, the rule should be followed. And I'm not speaking about what's happening right now because I don't know what happened. But um, if that is happening somewhere, it's completely, completely wrong. So, that's a lovely shot at Colorado. <laughs> Five downs. We need technology. Matt Rule's not a, uh, apparently a, a fan of the sideline poster board. You know, like the beginning of Ozark, there's four signs you had to, to decipher. Well, you have four things that you point at that is your indicator on so many of the old Oregon offenses. More from Rule, do we have time or no on the Michigan take? He's pretty much saying, is Michigan cheating? Here's Rule. I, I am. I'm, I, I, you know, no one from the Big Ten or NCAA has asked me anything yet, so I'm not going to probably comment on anything like that. I, I would never want to cash shade at somebody else going through a hard time. I don't know anything. Okay. Well played, Matt. Well, here's the thing is the NCAA, though, now has evidence that Stallions, as you laid out, 30 games across three years. And I think the NCAA is probably going to follow the money here because – Old oh boy Stallions, he was on something like $50,000 a year as a staffer for 55, Michigan. 55, right? Yeah. 55. 
And that's a lot of money to travel to all these different places and buy tickets, great football games. Ends up being a lot of money. You're doing that on $55,000 a paid, year? Who who's paid, paying who for these paid, tickets? Who paid for the block of four for Ohio State, Penn State, right? Uh, Eat Beef says, rule ain't no snitch. I love it. We're here at Rosie's, 10th and P. Come see us. Playoff baseball going on, Monday Night Football. Hour two on the way with Hale Varsity. Hale Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down a first hour here at Rosie's 10th and P. Uh, come on and see us. Plenty of baseball going on. You have... NLCS, ALCS, Monday Night Football, a spirited thought or two on Twitter about the fair catch or the non-fair catch or the punishment. Listen, as a Nebraska fan, any ill will you have towards Iowa, I am here to hear and listen. Totally get it. Uh, Would it be beyond Iowa trying to get an advantage by maybe signaling a half-hearted fair catch? Or pull the disconcerted signals? Possibly. I get it. Uh, The Hawkeyes lose that ball game. Their offense is disgusting. Their special teams and Cooper DeGene need to play offense, Elijah. Uh, But just wait till next year. Don't don't make that call uh, on Black Friday. Don't need to try and contain him. With Iowa's offense and with Nebraska's injury concerns on offense, and we'll see how many of those guys, think of Billy Kemp and Nuradina, if they're going to be back for the Iowa game, that might set the record for the lowest total points in college football history because I don't see that game reaching 30. Personally, Iowa, Nebraska, Black Friday, I know I'm way ahead of myself here, but that strikes me as a 6-3 Maybe 30 30 incompletions each way. (laughs) Uh, Ken E. lets us know that the La Bamba Burrito joint in Champaign, we missed it two years ago, had all the Big Ten Stadium pictures hanging. They had Iowa upside down after Iowa snitched on Illinois basketball. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a touch heated. Um, but we'll uh, talk to Charlie McBride, get his impressions of Nebraska in person. He saw the Big Red v. Northwestern. He was in Coach Osborne's box with Jared Thomas. Jay Moore going to join us as well as uh, you're invited down to Rosie's NLCS, ALCS uh, going on. 25 over under on Black Friday. Point total? I'm going unders. Going unders the rest of the way. That's 14 to 11? That's even a lot of points for Nebraska and Iowa. It's 13 to 10. I mean, they just got off and lost a game 12 to 10. Minnesota just won kicking four field goals. Now, Nebraska did that back in the day with Dale Klein against Missouri. I think it was 21 to 9 or something like that. Babbers knows the score, but Nebraska's had to, to do their fair share, not always, but at times, of limited offense, score one or two touchdowns and let the defense handle it and win it for you. Reminder to get buckled up. Uh, one of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances? If you drink, don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. More thoughts from Coach Rule. We're here at Rosie's, the Big Ten 
recap with Rosie's Monday Night Football Vikings hosting San Francisco. And I don't know what to tell you. They're going to find more and more mounting evidence. Elijah's going, follow the money with uh, who's paying for the seats and the tickets for this oh, for this Michigan staffer. And it was kind of a laugher with Penn State, Ohio State. Defense was glorious for the Buckeyes. They've been an afterthought this year, and uh, they were for real. As uh, Allard was 18 of 43 throwing the football. So a lot of struggling quarterbacks in the Big Ten on Saturday. We'll talk black shirts. Mr. Blackshirt is next. Charlie McBride, it's Hale Varsity. As uh, we're on the road here at Rosie's. This is Christian Peter. I'm sorry, but the stories I have about Charlie are not appropriate for the public. The right case of the Mondays. It's Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride on Hale Varsity Radio. Back here at Rosie's, it's our two Hale Varsity Roadshow Monday, 10th and P, where we're at downtown. And it was awesome to have one of the true best ever uh, back in Lincoln to check out Nebraska. Firsthand, we say hi to Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie as Coach was able to be in and see Nebraska Northwestern. Coach McBride, thanks for a few minutes. How are you? How was the trip? Oh, it's good. I just got home about, about an hour and a half ago, and uh, but I had a chauffeur, so I was doing okay. <laughs> I'm doing better. <laughs> I, I made comments drive the whole way. <laughs> That's pretty good. I I gotta I gotta ask you how how is it riding with old Jared? Good. It was, they, it, my wife was in the back seat, and his wife and two kids were in the truck behind us. Well, good. So we had so you got, cars going. So you got a chance to, to care about it. It was down. a good trip. That is good. Coach, I, I got to see a whole bunch of guys that. Um, uh, uh, Pat Engelbert and Terry Keneally kind of rounded up a whole bunch of the old guys, offense and defensive guys, and we had a early tailgate and long. I had a chance to see a whole bunch of guys that I hadn't seen in a long time, and and uh, Tom came over for a few minutes, and George Darlington was there for a while, and it was it was nice. I want to ask you, Coach, how was your time with the team? You had a chance to talk to the team on Thursday and uh, and, and spend some time around Coach Rule and, and company. How was that experience? It, it was good. Uh, I enjoyed, you know, the practice. The kids really worked hard, and uh, that's, that's kind of the best thing. They, they did some new stuff a little bit. They, they had their – actually had their – Thursday practice on on uh, Friday. They kind of switched days as far as their tempo and things go. So it was an interesting to see, and it you know it seemed to work out pretty good. I had a chance to see some of those young guys play and you know work out, which I was kind of interested in. And there's some really really good some good uh, players there. Right? I think the future looks looks pretty good. It's Charlie McBride with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. He was in town for Nebraska Northwestern. And Charlie, today at his Monday 
what do you call it? Monday morning presser is right around noontime. Midday presser, I guess we'll call it that. Matt Rule said that he had an NFL scout come down, watch practice, and he had him tell the guys that, you know what? You guys are the second hardest practicing team that I have seen in college football, only behind the Georgia Bulldogs. So I want to get your thoughts on what you saw at practice and, and how the physicality of that Husker practice on Friday compares to what it was like whenever you were at Nebraska. Well, I, I you know, excuse me. Like I said, it's a, they changed their practice tempo a little bit on each day as far as equipment and things like that. Or actually, Friday was more of a live day, you know, and usually in, in the past when we were practicing, Friday was, of course, a, a, you know, a review day, I guess they'd call it. And, uh, you know, you had the scout team working against you, but you didn't have any, you only had your helmet on and the rest of rest of your equipment was not, you know, wasn't any banging around. It was all uh, repeat of the offense and defense and so forth uh, that you were going to, hopefully you were going to see on, on Saturday. And so, but they changed it around a little bit and do it the other way. And um, I didn't get a chance to talk to them for the reason for doing that, but uh, it, it seemed defensively, at least it seemed to work out. Charlie McBride's with us a Monday with Charlie. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Coach back uh, up north uh, from his trip to Lincoln. Coach, without having to share every specific detail, what did you what 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 did you want to tell the team? Because I know um, Coach was Coach Rule talked about you you sharing thoughts with the kids. If you feel mm-hmm. comfortable sharing it, what, what what did you tell the kids? Well, I think the biggest thing was is that, you know, that they, you know, I, I expressed it a little bit of the experience that we we had with young players. They really didn't know, know each other. And, and you know, to have, a, to have a real brotherhood between them, uh, you know, they're just starting to experience that. And, uh, you know, to depend on each other don't you know not to you know not to go off by yourself and think you know you're the only thing going but you know to to, um you know and i did say i I think i said one thing was that if you don't know know somebody you know it's i always told the kids go up and introduce yourself i tried to get the seniors always to spend time and the juniors to go up and, and meet them and make them feel wanted. That's the biggest thing that young guys want to be is they just want to be part of the team and want to be wanted. And they they, they want to show the older guys that they belong. Mm. And I think you're starting to see some of that. And uh, I had a laugh because the play that Coleman scored on, I, I was standing in the end zone. He nearly ran over me when he caught it the exact same pass in practice and uh, it was kind of interesting because i did the one thing i noticed about him is is he's so relaxed when he when he catches the ball you know mm-hmm. for a young guy they're kind of fighting it a little bit but he's he looks like an experienced guy you know when he just on that one catch i saw him making a deep ball in practice but you know i think that you know and talking a little bit of those kids just individually, you know, just 
maybe for 10 seconds or so, each one of them, some of them. Coach sent the whole team down to introduce themselves to us. It was almost a shock. Uh, but I think I shook hands with about every kid that was that was on the team that was healthy. I think some of the guys that were hurt probably weren't there, but and it made me feel kind of wanted around there to be. You know, we, you don't know when you're you know you're an old man and you're gone, and it just makes you feel good to be around those young young people and and see the enthusiasm that they do have, and you know, for a team that. Probably not, you know, six and zero or seven and zero or whatever it is. These kids look like they are six or seven and zero, and they're they're trying. Uh, that's the thing I wanted to see. You know what what's really is you can tell sometimes when you're you've been around it a long long enough if if they're really getting into it, and there wasn't any question that they were. Charlie McBride's with us a Monday with Charlie at Hale Varsity Radio. Mr. Blackshirt, his trip to Lincoln. What would you think of the game? What did you think of the defensive performance? Uh, what did you think of hanging on 17-9? to Well, I was, you know, <laughs> when you coach the defensive line, you kind of pay attention to it. And I, I really thought those guys played well. I mean, even the young kids came in and played well. Um you know, I think you know as well as I do in the past, not this year not as much, but in the past, you know, the tackling's been kind of weak. And that's probably the biggest thing that you see with this football team. They're, you know, each week, that part of it's even getting better. And then when you see kids catch people from behind and you see that kind of effort, you know, and you see big men downfield blocking, and, you know, even on offense. And I know the offense kind of sputtered at times and things like that, and that's, that's going to that's gonna happen. All of a sudden, it's going to pop. I mean, it is. And uh, you just have to be patient with that part of it. Um, I, 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 I thought maybe that we'd get ahead enough where, we're, you know, maybe we'd see – Maybe we'd see another quarterback in there and just to give him some time, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, that's the thing I think the team might be missing a little bit is, you know, I, if they get if they get in a in a, a game where the quarterback does get hurt, that some of the guys have not even experienced any any playing time, and that that would worry me a little bit. But that's the only thing that I you know I could say, and I. I think that he's, you know, going to stick with whoever's there. It looks like, and that's his philosophy. That's just the way he, he, you know, he coaches. And and uh, if they keep winning, there's not much you can, you can say about it, yeah. uh, you know. But that's one position that I think needs to get a few snaps, at least get on the field and do, you know, um, run a few plays and stuff like that, just so they doesn't always surprise them and if they get in a situation where they really have to get it done you know that they don't feel like it's you know they're a nervous wreck 
It's Charlie McBride with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Nebraska Northwestern. And Charlie, I want to get your thoughts on what you saw from the Blackshirts. What impressed you from that unit on Saturday, and where do you think they can still continue to improve? If you were if you were the man on the headset, if you were still the defensive coordinator, what would you be repping in practice this week to get that defense better? Well, I think, you know, that, that, that all of them are, are working together. That, you know, and, and, and then it looks like, you know, I've always said it looks, it looks like a traffic jam and a wreck. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, you know, it, when you're playing defense and you're rushing the passer, you know, they're starting to really get the job done. It's the, it's the effort because, you know, you have, have interceptions and some of them are caused by the defensive line. A lot of times, because it's a bad throw or it's a bad at a ball or anything like that. Uh, I think you know, even with the de- defensive linemen, all of them need to understand that you know turnovers are going to be huge in in the future with the teams they're playing. So I think you know you'd like to see more turnovers is the only thing that I you know felt like, and and those things come. As you get experience, uh, because uh, some kids are out there, I just need to get the tackle, you know, and not thinking about getting the ball out of there or anything else. And the same thing with the second guy. But I think that overall team effort together and the responsibility each side of the ball has for each other is something that has to grow. And I, I, I saw a lot of it. I mean, uh, I, I know they, they banged around a little bit on offense, you know, and people were discouraged about it. You know, I didn't feel too much about that I, because I didn't see a lot of moping around, you know, by the offense when they, even when they had tough times. They were still working at it and trying, you know, and a couple guys, of course, got hurt, and the guys that came on, I thought, did a good job, you know, but. Uh, you know, with that experience, you get depth. And uh, so I don't know how everything turned out. You know more than me about it because you've probably heard the injury report today, but I didn't get a chance to hear that. So, Coach, they, uh, they but, lost three yeah. they lost three, three of their starting five offensive linemen, left guard, left tackle, and right guard. The left guard and left tackle are out for the year. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I with the team they have, a young team that they have right there, yeah, that 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 won't hurt. I mean, I I know it it hurts, but uh, you know, as a coach, it, you know, it really bothers you because it takes away your depth. But the thing is, is when you get when you have depth and guys that have experience, what you're doing is is you're working on getting a chance for guys to get a play a couple series and get a rest for a series and the guys that come in are you can depend on and that's mm-hmm. that's what that's what's really happening right now plus the fact that when the year comes and guys have played a little bit and they the competition becomes better sure coach i got about a minute charlie mcbride with us here hail varsity radio live at rosie's downtown 10th and p uh Thought on Purdue. Do you feel good about Nebraska being able to keep this streak going? Sure. I mean, they're playing at home. Uh, they got the people behind them. Every, you know, I think they're, you know, they're. Uh, I, I, when they came out of the other side, I didn't know what what happened. You know, uh, they <laughs> they got their locker room 
over on that side now. I never thought about it, you know, that way. But, uh, you know, that kind of shocked me first. When they came out, I wondered what the heck's going on, you know. So, uh, but altogether, you know, I think with Purdue, I think it's just a matter of, of overall effort. I mean, the harder you play, the harder you work, the good things will happen. You know, and, and I, I stress, hey, if you make a mistake, go 100 miles an hour. Doing it, I don't just it. stand around and say, oh, I made a mistake. Just go <laughs> get something done because you got another play coming, and that's where you can make up for any mistakes you did make. Coach, uh, we're hoping to see you at Michigan State. Me and Elijah are headed up to that direction in a couple of weeks. So we might have to invite you well, out for some it, wings. It, if, if, if it's not too cold for for Debbie, I'll, I'll we'll be up there. I think I talked to, in fact, some people that are actually their children played for Michigan State and are friends of ours. And uh, they, they're all done playing now. They're all out coaching somewhere. But, you know, the to see them would be is going to be nice, and and we get along good. We won't we won't have any fights before the game. <laughs> maybe after, Coach, you, maybe afterwards. <laughs> Coach, you take care. Enjoyed uh, having okay. you back in town. Thanks for the time. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot for having me. I'll talk to you later. Bye now. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, Roadshow continues here at Rosie's 10th and P, the downtown Rosie's. We love doing this. Big thanks to Munchie and the crew for have it us out the big 10 recap monday night football game seven of the nlcs jay moore with his black shirt husker nfler at jay moore 44 his 49ers kicking off and they'll hand it to mccaffrey in a abusive amount of times tonight against minnesota uh you know what jay bird uh, you you use that word abuse and it's got super negative connotations and then it has accurate connotations when we talk about Big Ten West football, just the Big Ten in general, and Nebraska able to, uh, well, survive, outlast, out-tough a Northwestern team that, that has no business coming in at 3-3, three and three, but lo and behold, they were, and uh, Nebraska now a game over 500. What did you think of Saturday? Did you, uh, did you avert your eyes ever? <laughs> no, I was there. I watched the game in person. Uh, second game I've been at to this year. And, uh, it, you know, just when, I mean, obviously the first play from offense and the interception happens, you just know, okay, you, it's going to be a dogfight. Northwestern <laughs> is is always just a scrappy football team. I don't care what people think, and I don't care what people may have had perceived coming in, because obviously with the Fitzgerald situation, but this team is just, they're scrappy, they fight, they got smart coaches, they just know how to, work with what they got and that's just what they did and luckily their offensive line and our defense you know North, northwestern's offensive line they can't block anyone and our and our defense just just feasted on that all day with the with the tfls and, and the sacks so you just know it. every time you know you're going to play northwestern it's always a dogfight except you know you go back a couple of years ago where we beat them 50 to 7 
you know, at home. That's like the only game you ever I can remember with Northwestern where it's just been – it was over at halftime, right? And, and frankly, that's just the way the rest of the season is going to be. It's just an absolute dogfight. The, the injuries now that have hit the offense uh, and obviously – young quarterback and you're just playing a ton of young players now with injuries you're just you're i'm telling you what i i know i mentioned if they could score 21 last week now i'm hoping they can score 17 <laughs> just looking at everything and just the just the amount of injuries that this football team has taken a hit on from running back position wide receiver position now to the offensive line position it's uh i can't remember a season ever like this where so many starters have gotten either nicked or out for the season with season end injuries and with five games to go, you can get, you know, hopefully through through um, Purdue. And once you get into that Michigan State game, now you can start playing some of those younger players. Not to worry about burning that red shirt. So I know that's definitely on got to be on their minds, too, with all these injuries that happened. But just knew it was going to be a dogfight. And uh, like I said, you got to be prepared. There's going to be five more dogfights. Uh, left here and to finish out uh, October and November. It's Jay Moore with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Nebraska Northwestern. We'll look ahead to Purdue here in just a second. And we'll also talk about the offense and the rash of injuries, Jay, here in just a second. But first, got to talk about the defense because it's the defense that's leading the way for this Husker football team right now. And the way I see it with five games left, I don't see a game on the schedule where Nebraska's defense can't go out and win you the game despite the lack of offensive threat that you pose right now, because as you kind of said, that offense can put up 17 points a game. I think every single game is winnable with what that defense is doing. I want to get your thoughts on the defensive line. Matt Rule got up in front of the media today and said that was Ty's best game since he's gotten here. Uh, You have Nash, who's making plays all over the field. You even get a guy in James Williams, a walk-on from Iowa Central Community College, who is coming and making plays, got himself one sack in the ledger, another uh, couple of half sacks if we're talking NFL with the, the way they keep stats. He had a really impressive game. What were your thoughts, not only on the Husker defensive line, but the front seven and how they played against that Northwestern offensive line, which admittedly didn't have their best day? Yeah, with what we've seen you know, early on in the season, I just expect the defense to play well. Mm. You know, they gave up a couple big plays. They had that long run up the middle. They got gashed on. They had that pass. I think that Herzog did a great job of getting them down. And that defense was able to hold them to three plays there. I think that was – Late in the third quarter, maybe early in the fourth, I can't quite remember that that play happened. But listen, they're just this defense is solid. They are just smart, well coached, fundamentally sound. They tackle well. They create, you know, they create pressures, and they just they get off the field. They need to get off the field for the most part. And you look at the what front with with Nash, and then with Ty, and some of the younger players, Prince Well, and. Jamari Butler, I mean, those guys are playing their tails off. They're playing fantastic football. You look at the back end, I mean, I thought, you know, Reimers was back, made some good things happen. I thought Isaac Gifford played fantastic as well. I, I view him more as a, as a, as a linebacker almost than, than a secondary guy. But, I mean, that play he made on – Isaac made on, what, third and eight. It was a zero blitz. Isaac was lined over the center. They ran a little screen, screen pass to the short side of the field towards Nebraska's uh, um, sideline. And he defeats like two two blockers and makes the play for you know holding the five yards and they got a punt. I mean that is just that's fantastic football and that's just making a play when you need to make a play and rely on your best players. Which Isaac Gifford is one of the best players on this defense and best players on this team to go up and make a play when you need to. And I think that's just the biggest thing that this defense is able to do for the majority of the season was make a play when they need to. 
And I think they're if they can continue to have success on first and second down, like they have all year, you get teams in the third and long and third and predictable. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna keep continuing to play well. And without a doubt, this defense is gonna keep this team in in every game the rest of the season. As long as, you know, knock on wood, injuries and and you know, as long as they keep doing their thing, this we're gonna have a shot. We're gonna have a fighting chance against against anyone and everyone uh, the rest of the season. So, again, hats off to them. <laughs> they were they were killer, man. I mean, it's, it was. I wish I could. I think I could have got a sack even in that game. <laughs> even with the, even with one hip right now, I think uh, I think I might have got maybe a sack and a half even because that 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 was a game you did not want to come off the field. You were fighting with the position coach. Like, do not get me off the field. Because I'm going to become all-conference if I keep playing in this game. I get me three or four sacks. <laughs> Jay Moore is with us. Blackshirt Husker NFLer. We're live here at Rosie's downtown 10th and P. Monday Night Football at LCS Game 7. Jay, the defense works in such a – well, in, in such unison. Uh, that third down package – guys do their job they know their job they're super confident i want to go over to the offense for for a minute and what's your confidence level at in 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 harburg was 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 skittish right and and he wasn't letting it rip per se and and you, you couple the injury situation now the offense has been dire as is and i'm not piling on to pile on it it is a struggle to get to to double digits for this offense what they've been good at is running the football. They've been good at running the quarterback, and they're still, despite their inconsistency throwing or not much balance or confidence in balance with run pass, 195 is the number they put up rushing the football. They're going to have to do something, short field or not, uh, with what they've been good at. Do you, do you anticipate with these new faces on the O-line because of some of the experience they have, being able to, to, to not really miss a beat, can they, well, can they do uh, what the defense has done, and that's keep on keeping on? Man, it's tough. It's, uh, I, I firmly believe uh, offensive line and defensive line, and more, and more offensive line in general, that you do have a, ke- a chemistry in playing with each other. And you kind of just, you're able to play and f- kind of feel off those guys on how blocking schemes and just certain you know how it just it's weird and you just you practice against each uh, with each other so much that you just have a feel and now with corcoran and um ethan piper out for the year noelle's out for uh, a couple weeks you have some new faces i know um oh justin Jen- you know jenkins was able to get in there and and uh and play most in the second half and so able to get some reps i know he's he's played at other times this year too so i think that's going to help, but you start putting another player. I think Latoski has played a little bit, but again, mm-hmm. uh, this is a this is a huge week of practice for him to kind of get get some better chemistry, camaraderie, and just figuring out what this group's going to do well. Uh, like you said, but they may be able to run the football I, I, for the most part. Uh, I think from a from the passing aspect, they've given they've given um, Harburg a decent amount of time. I think Harburg just got to do a better job of seeing the field. He's missed a couple open receivers. He tends to lock in on Fedoni. Which uh, I know they they have a good relationship, and he's a big wide big target to throw to, and a pretty you know low um, you know low risk throws to Fedoni, but he, you know if he's able to kind of get himself to expand and, and see the field, he's getting some some guys are getting open on the back end, and he has obviously did a great job of finding finding Malachi Coleman on that 
on that big play on the from our own 45 there um, in the third quarter. So, listen, they, they just got to figure it out. And I, this is going to be ugly. And I think they're okay with that. It's It might be three yards in a cloud of dust sometimes. And I think you got to realize punting the football is okay. You know, it's okay. If you just don't risk it, flip the field. Your defense is so good. I mean, literally take a page out of – and I'm sure they already are. I mean, Iowa's been doing this for years. Not, it's not a knock on Iowa, but, like, Iowa knows who they are and they do it really, really well. They they win football games 17 to 10, 17 to 13, you know, 13 to 10, and they just rely on their defense. And you're going to have to do that with this offense. I just don't – it's going to be rare for them to go on 75-yard scoring drives. You're going to have to – they're going to have to get short fields, hopefully take some shots in those scenarios – and try to run the football that takes some time off the clock, and then you punt it, let your defense go do its work, and hopefully you get the ball back at your own, you know, 45, maybe around the 50 at your, or the opponent's 45, and you can go to work from there. But, yeah, it just with – and, again, just with – and you get Billy Kemp that's out as well. So that's even a, a hurt to this offense, and he was able to do so many things just from a, um, a jet sweep type of scenario. And, um, but it's, it's all hands on deck. And it just just is and going forward and I, I I truly believe they'll they'll figure it out. Not figure it out to where they're gonna start, you know, a scoring explosion. I just know they're going to put their guys in the best position to win, give them put them at very high success rates and just know we got a damn good defense. Let's let's rely on them as well. Jay, we got about thirty seconds before we have to take a break and we'll come back get your thoughts on Purdue, but with those 30 seconds, scale of 1 to 10, what is your panic meter with the offense now that you've heard the, the injuries report today from Coach Matt Rule? Mm, six. Concerned. Slightly concerned, but not overwhelming. So I think, like I said, you can, you can do – you can hopefully they can figure it out. I, I, I truly do that. I just, I'm not – you know, if this was – if they had Penn State and Ohio State left in the schedule, yeah, that's like – that's no good, but – there's no defense that they're going to play except for Iowa and the rest of this year that I think they can. That is uh, is of a huge concern. So I think they can keep doing their thing and, and keep going. And no, I would say a six is about about perfect from a risk uh, from a scale of one to ten. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore still with us. Hale Varsity Radio here at Rosie's downtown, Tenth and P. Jaybird, uh, you've got Coach Walters and his affinity to to be really good. Uh, no personnel take away. It's been a little bit of a pleasant surprise with year one in Purdue, and, and I chalk up that Illinois win as the, the surprise. We'll see how the rest of the year shakes out for him. But uh, just a two-and-a-half-point line, Nebraska favored in Lincoln. Uh, you've got uh, Hudson Card coming in who's an athletic quarterback and Nebraska's not had to face that many athletic quarterbacks yet so it's it's a problem uh, for what you're going to see uh, defense got to be on point and we touched on the offense just last segment uh, I, I'm interested to, to get your feel right now with you know the, the the winnability do you see this as a coin flip or do you kind of put this in the category of yeah, you got to go take care of this if you're Nebraska. I, the, the margin for error is zero. They got to they got to win these next two to be bowl eligible, I think. But is your concern level to kind of follow up with Elijah? Is, is Purdue a team that can come surprise Nebraska, 
uh, or is is Nebraska and home field going to be the difference at two thirty? I think the home field will be the difference. I I think they, listen if they come out and turn the ball over early again, like they did against Northwestern. I think Purdue's offense is better than Northwestern, so that could be an issue. That could be a problem. I think defensively, I foresee the game plan kind of being defensively as we, you saw with Illinois, a lot of spy action because Card is yeah. athletic and will tuck it and run it. So I can see kind of how we, we handled with Illinois' situ, QB situation. Uh, we brought pressure, and guys were able to get home. But he'll tuck it and run it. I think you'll see a Bullock, a, a Rhyme or whoever kind of sitting back there and, and playing on a little spy situation. But – if Nebraska can play clean football and take care of the football, which I know it's it's happened, uh, what, maybe one time this year, uh, they should win this football game. Is it going to be stressful at times? Yes. Are they going to win by double digits? I doubt it. I see this game shaking out to be a 17-10, to 17-13 type of ball game, and it's just a field position battle. It is a turnover battle. It's a time possession. This is just classic – Big Ten West football, as we've gotten to, as we've gotten to know, uh, like it, it's like I said, they can easily lose this game and they can easily win this game. Uh, but I, I see Nebraska still being the better team. Purdue's got a new coach. Uh, they've they played well so far. They beat Illinois handily. You know they lost to Iowa. They got handled by Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State's one of the best teams in the country. Um, but. I think Nebraska, they do their, they just take care of the football, and I know they, they haven't done a great job, and I'm just waiting for that time to finally just let's let's clean up the mistakes. You're going to have fumbles. I get that. Hopefully you can get them back like we did against Northwestern, but take care of the football. I, I, I don't see any reason why this shouldn't be their fifth one of the season. Do you contemplate a change at quarterback if there's a, a tough start by Harburg again? Do you, do you go back to Sims? You know, I when that was you know those couple picks happened early in the game. I thought it was going to happen. I, I I truly did. But they stuck with them. I think I just it just depends because uh, you know you don't I don't know exactly what the play is called and where Sims is supposed to be looking. But I, I imagine if it gets to a point where he continues to miss open receivers and makes poor decisions with the football. You might have to take a chance with Sims, but it's but again, it's hard because because Harvard's That's why the guy lost the job, you know. Yeah, Greg's right. He's three and one. He's won football games. Now Sims hasn't played at home yet. Sims' first two games were on the road. He hasn't had that to his to his advantage. But I don't know how how uh, long the leash is. I, I think it's decently long. But I tell you what, there's mistakes again with decision making with the football. I I can see it. I, and especially if, if Sims is healthy, which I think he is, we haven't heard anything else. But again, it just—I think it, what it really comes down to is: yes, we know Sims is a better thrower than than Harburg. Is he a better decision maker? I don't know. Mm. We don't know that yet. He's only played in two games. But is Sims a better runner than Harburg? I don't think so. I think I think Harburg is may is better fit for the type of QB run game we want we want to have. I think Harburg's a little. This, Bigger, a little, little stronger, can break tackles. I think he just has a better feel right now with the option game. Uh, I'd like to see him pitch it maybe a little more, but again, that's. <laughs> I think we'll, that'll be a, uh, a topic of discussion the rest of the year too. So, uh, yeah, it's. I, I thought they might make a change after those first two interceptions, but they stuck with them, and the guy's three and one so far. So it's that's all that matters 
is is that win column. So I, I I don't foresee any changes unless unless it gets unless it gets really bad. Jay, you said three and one. It's actually four and one for Heinrich Harburg. Oh, it is four and one. Sorry, four and one with Heinrich Harburg, and and that's a little bit in spite of what's been going down with the injuries offensively. I mean, it just feels like there's a new one every single week. Yet he continues battling through and finds a way to win. I think what that's I think the the main thing you can say about Harburg and his performance is he finds a way to win despite anything and everything seemingly going wrong on the injury front. And I'm kind of with you that, that, that you can't go away from that just yet unless there is real reason to do so. But my question to you is moving forward now with the, the rash of injuries in a game like Purdue, is Nebraska going to need that defense to set up the offense a la Iowa, how they win football games? I mean, Nebraska doesn't have a defensive touchdown yet this year, which is a bit surprising to say, considering how dominant that defense has been at times. You think back to 09, they needed some defensive touchdowns to go get some wins in that season. Is, is this a week where Nebraska, considering the injuries, especially in the offensive line, is going to need a defensive touchdown or at least something really setting up that offense with an easy chance to score? They set them up a couple times, right? Illinois and, and the offense uh, didn't do their – had hold up their end of the bargain on that, that deal as well. So uh, I think absolutely they need to score. We got to do. You got to do something, and I know they're trying. It's, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to score on score on defense. Trust me. Did you ever score uh, a touchdown, Jay? Not in college. I scored plenty in high school. Okay. Not, so, I had one interception in college. But I can. That's all I can. Um, that's the closest I ever got. But that was it was it was in it was around the opponents. You know, about our twenty yard line. So I got about an eight yard return against well, Iowa State. Did, did, five, so. did you have a touchdown celebration ready to go just in case? You know, I I can't can't to be set, to be honest, didn't have one. I have no idea what would have been. I would just probably have thrown the ball in the air and ran around like a madman. Maybe I've got a penalty. Jay Jay would have pulled out the Ocho Cinco where he's putting. Right? You're 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 using the, the pylon to, to putt for dough and and get it handled that way. Jay, last thought, your 49ers trying to bounce back. Uh, they are in Minneapolis tonight. Uh, two-horse race for you in the NFC. Is it Philly v. San Fran, or is there a, a third contender? Yeah, I, it's really these two teams. And how good – you saw Philly and what they're able to do last night. They had to slip up the week before against the Jets. But even with Debo Samuel still out tonight with the 49ers, I think they're going to they're gonna handle the business. I mean, seven po- they're still a seven-point favorite. That's a big line in the NFL. That's a, that's a lot of points. So I, I foresee them taking care of business. McCaffrey's back. See how many carries he gets, obviously, with the bruised ribs and all those things he's been dealing with. So that defense is so good. The 49ers defense is really, really good. I, I do not foresee them getting caught up in this one. They got, a little, they got an extra day of uh, rest after getting beat, you know, of uh, by the by the Browns last week. I think this is business as usual for the, 40, 40, for the 49ers. And again, it's just a – would imagine just like last year, an NFC title game, you're going to have the 49ers in, in Seattle – uh, meeting up again. Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFL, or watch him Tuesday night. Big red wrap up at Jay Moore 44 on Twitter. Jay will check in post Purdue next week. Thanks for the time. Yep, you got it. Thanks, boys. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here at Rosie's. 10th and P back here next Monday night. It's Vikings Niners tonight. It's playoff baseball tonight. Bags are, are out. Our old boys and friends, uh, the Snitleys, uh, got the, the bag league going. 
as uh, that commences this evening. So lots of fun down here at Rosie's. Great food and drink specials, awesome burgers. Good to see Munchie and talk some ball with him as uh, Nebraska and uh, Purdue uh, will kind of take center stage starting tomorrow. We touched a little bit on Northwestern. We touched on uh, Spygate with Michigan and the uh, fair catch that got uh, reconfigured, uh, much to Iowa's dismay. So you're invited to check the podcast out, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play for Hale Varsity Radio and, of course, Hale Varsity you can check out the show on the YouTube channel, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Follow the Twitter at H Varsity Radio. Give me a follow, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. Follow Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essence. So Coach Walters has a take in this season of disrespect, Elijah, on Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, 90,000 plus that are see red, right? Um, you know, my history with Nebraska – um, started at a very young age, you know. I obviously grew up a, a fan of Colorado. My dad playing there, and um, that was like the hated rivalry, right? And and so you remove yourself from that um, as a coach. And you know, the first time I got to play against Nebraska again uh, was in 2021. You know, my first season in Illinois, and I just remember them running out of the tunnel at um, you know in Champaign, and and the feelings come back, right? It's like, man, I, I really can't stand that color don't like that that in on the on the helmet um and so definitely this has been a, a big week and you know they're we've we've explained to the guys just how crazy it gets out there um, they are they are diehard fans win lose or draw um and so we're, we're looking forward to a great venue to to play a competitive and tough football game meanwhile the uh, I, I, purdue folks that have been left on the roster from the Brom era say so, yeah coach I know we've won out there the last two years I just like how he tries to save it at the end where he goes yeah I was a Colorado fan first time I played against him in Illinois I hated the color red I hated the ends on the side of the helmet but yeah it's a great great place to go play he, he tries to save face at the end to, to keep Nebraska from pulling the old disrespect card and I, I respect it hey I think it's okay for a coach and it's okay if Nebraska wants to use that as bulletin board material okay I don't think that's Matt Rule's style but I like it whenever a coach says, you know what? Simply put, my guys are going yeah, out there. I hate Saturday. those guys. They, they don't, they don't like them. I don't like them. It's okay to say that in college football because it's, it's, it's football. It's true. It's football. It's true. Football be, breeds bad blood. And if there's bad blood between Ryan Walters and Nebraska because of his history growing up, that is perfectly okay. Rivalries and dislike make the game even better. I think Coach Barnett, who will be with us Thursday, visited Ryan Walters in the newborn uh, room because Ryan's dad played for Barney at Colorado. Diamondbacks four, fighting Phils one right now, bottom of five. Come check that out here at Rosie's. Uh, also, uh, ALCS tonight, game seven. We'll see if the Texans have enough or were subjected to the Astros yet again. Hey, thanks for hanging out. Back tomorrow. At four on Hale Bar City. Take care. A Huda Media Production.